Well, hello, boys and girls, sports fans and assorted waifs and strays. Welcome to the new abnormal, as I call it, not the new normal. It's Dan from Diginomica, and today I have doctor, very much a doctor, Thomas Otter, but not a doctor like you know, doctor like I know, um, who has his own HR advisory firm. That's got an exciting announcement to talk about a little bit later. Um, and hey, dude, I... Oh, apparently Siri didn't get what I just said, so I'm going to just shut Siri down, I think. Well, we, we all know we're live now, right? <laughs> anyway, Thomas, Thomas, you're in Germany, I'm, I'm in the UK, and you are sporting a very special T-shirt, so please explain that before we go any further. Yeah, so it's a Monty Python. Uh, I'm a big Monty Python fan, and uh, there's a company in the UK called Philosophy Football who do a variety of really cool T-shirts, and... This one happens to be the uh, script from the uh, Monty Python uh, Philosopher's Football Sketch, which I think is one of the, the, the finest pieces of, of uh, comedy on the planet. So if you don't know it, look it up. It's very, very funny. <laughs> okay, Thomas, what are you seeing in, in this current abnormal world? Um, well, yes, abnormal is probably the word. Uh, you know, one of my family members was tested the other day, um, and luckily came back uh, negative. So that's, a, that's a, a big relief. But these are very, very different times. And um, I think my main advice at the moment is if you're not an expert in a particular field, then you know, leave that discussion to the experts. If you're not a statistics expert, then you know, uh, don't spend your afternoons making uh, 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 prediction graphs and posting them on the internet because there are enough people doing that already, probably too many. Yeah. Uh, so that's my first bit of advice. If you're not an expert, don't pretend to be one. Um, so I don't really have any advice from a, uh, uh, on so many levels for this because I think we're all making it up. We're making it up as we go along. And I think the people that, that think they know what they're talking about are probably the ones we need to be most afraid of at the moment. Um, for me, I think it's a case of trading carefully. I think um, yeah, the obvious things of looking after your people come first. Um uh, but I think, you know, too much speculation and, and, and too much uh, gazing into crystal balls is not going to do as any good. Yeah. Well, I've always felt that if you think you can gaze into a crystal ball and do it well, then, you know, please let me know and um, I'll get you plenty of money for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah this, 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 this thing, I mean, at the moment we're all armchair uh, we're all armchair experts to some some degree, I suppose, yes. and it does worry me that there is enormous amounts of so-called information, which at the end of the day is probably going to turn out to be misinformation. Yeah, and particularly on the question of statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I I was trained for a period in in that particular subject, and mm-hmm. I find it very very difficult to understand which nominators and denominators I need to be thinking about in order to right. come to any sort of reasonable conclusion. I mean, probably about the, the, the best answer that I can give at the moment is we don't know. And, yeah. and because we don't know, perhaps we ought to shut up and, and listen to people who, who know better than ourselves. Right. And at the same time, let the medical people lead and the scientific people lead the charge rather than politicians 
tech analysts and other assorted waves and strays. That's indeed. my view anyway. Yeah, indeed. And look, it's great to have an opinion. Um, but I also think if you have a platform that's powerful in other, other, other places, then you're using it for this may, may well backfire. So, you know, sure. again, focus, focus what you know. Look, I know a lot about HR technology um, uh, because that's, what I, that's the field that I've worked in for, gosh, nearly 30 years. So, you know, I'll happily argue about HR technology with anybody, but I'm, I'm not really in a position to argue about, uh, uh, you know, uh, virus epidemiology or whatever. That's not really my, uh, my field of expertise. Yeah. Okay, uh, Thomas. Let's let's turn to the to the people question because that's I, I'm not an HR person. I'm I'm more mm-hmm. a finance guy, as you know. Um, but it seems to me that the HR question is should be and and is uppermost in in many people's minds. It's certainly uppermost in my mind, right? Yes. Uh, because when people ask me and say, "Hey, what are you doing?" and I'm the first thing I'm thinking about is, "What the heck do I do to?" help protect my own core people? What do, what do I do to c- protect my contributors? Yeah. Can, I, can I keep them going? Can I keep paying them? Yada, yada, yada. Truth of the matter is that we can, and we will, uh-huh. for as long as, we, as long as it's possible. But, and there is a huge but here, because we live in what I consider to be a new abnormal, we have to change our business model. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to adjust it, and, and we have to get our people to adjust accordingly. There, sure. it's, not even, it's not even one of those things where we can say hey, let's just tweak our thing. It's like, no, we've got to do this and we've got to do it now. And by the way, we've all got to do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not one of those optional, you know, Howlett's just going to go out and do his own thing and be crazy. It's we all have to do a different thing, a different set of things. Yep. We all have to do it together. And we all have to agree that it's the right thing to do as well, um, well which, this is, which is kind of challenging. Is, yeah, but this is the time when HR needs to earn its crust. You know, that's, that's why organizations yep. have HR functions, you know, and, um, you know, this is a time for, for, you know, people in HR to do, to do the things that they've, they've, they've trained to do, you know, so, you know, those procedures that people have come up with for, for health and safety, for crisis management and all those things, it's now time to, you know, to execute, to execute on those things and, and, and step up and be the expert inside your organization and, you know, um, uh, you know, call out people that have that are, are you know doing things doing things incorrectly, and you know work with your organisation's leadership to 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 put a plan in place. Understand the, you know, for instance, understand that if you you know, understand the legal uh, uh, ramifications and options that you have, for instance, in terms of of, of payroll loans and 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 how you're gonna you know how you're gonna pay people and how you're gonna structure. Uh, uh, compensation and furlonging and all the different legal requirements are different by country. And, you know, you need to be, as HR, you need to be on top of those guiding your, your guiding your organization and finance and others that are, that are looking at those, looking at those things. But also I think, you know, we've talked for, in HR tech, we've talked for the last three years about employee engagement uh, um, and, and employee experience and all these, you know, all these topics. And they've kind of been a bit wishy-washy nice to have, you know, wouldn't it be lovely if we could communicate more effectively with our employees? Whereas now that becomes critical and the processes and procedures you put in place to, you know, get the right information to people to make them feel comfortable. Uh, and if there is bad news, then, you know, how do you communicate that? You know, how do you communicate, um, you know, how do you communicate the fact that a colleague's died? You know, how do you actually, you know, uh, uh, put that message together and, 
you know communicated to the to the to the rest of the rest of the employees and and these are these are very difficult things and and so hr is in a position now that it really needs to you know it really needs to uh, uh step up you know same for things like workforce analytics um uh you know we've been talking about workforce planning and and, and workforce analytics for, for for years uh yet you know many of these things have not been you know taken that seriously and and now we're in a situation where actually you know organizations that do you know have a good understanding of 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 their workforce are are going to be in a you know supremely better position than those that are uh you know trying to assemble excels and things uh, on the fly Thomas, as somebody who looks at uh, or has looked at um, HR from the outside, I've tended to view it as is as much more of an administrative function than than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least that's that's what I've seen. Right. Um, now, the administrative side of things is, is is fairly straightforward. We have rules, we have regulations, we have got to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, high fire, retire, all that sort of stuff. Well, Do you not think that's no, I think um, yeah, many of those things are being correct me. Correct me, I'm yet. clearly wrong. <laughs> well, many of these things are currently being being uh, you know thrown up in the air. Look, take the UK; they've just you know the government's just shifted out the IR35 uh, 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 IP35 requirements, you know, by a year. You know, yep. just imagine the the disruption that causes to uh, 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 contingent labour uh, uh, practices. You know. Um, um, you know, you find other countries, for instance, like in, in Germany, for instance, to move to to Kurzarbeit to short term uh, to um, uh, where the company uh, reduces the the number of hours employees work, and then the state comes in and, and, and picks up the and picks up the the, the uh, uh, you know the surplus. And, and various other countries have you know, implemented um, uh, sometimes very rapid changes in in, in, in labour law. Um, uh, these things create tremendous administrative burden and. Um, you know, require quite, quite you know, rapid thinking and changing in, in administrative processes. So most of the time, you're right. Administrative processes are pretty standard, but uh, at the moment, these are you know these processes I think are are, are changing um, are going to be changing um, uh, daily. You know, the question is like, for instance, what is a uh, essential worker? You know, um, in some countries it's very clear what it is an essential worker, but you know, in some places, for instance, like the UK, you know the, the the government has not been particularly clear at defining, you know, what is an essential worker. So, you know, many of these things are changing. So, you know, business leaders are looking for H to HR to to say, you know, what what is an essential worker, and 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 then you know what policies need to change and uh, to adapt to that that uh, 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 new law. So, for instance, some companies are are. Um, you know, are, are moving people onto short work times. What does this mean from a contractual pers- point of view? Uh, uh, overtime goes away, maybe. When in some cases um, you're being forced to work overtime because you're maybe producing masks or doing something else. So I think for HR, these are these are you know massive uh, massive periods of of administrative disruption. Okay, I stand corrected. Um, but on the other side, there are. I would also argue that there are. Uh, uh, fresh challenges or, or not fresh challenges but challenges that are that have become more important right uh, in the sense in the sense that if i think about what's what's happened over the last few weeks the the number one sense that i've come across in talking to people is one of being in shock 
in a way that they've never had to experience in their work life before, right? And how do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, What is it that you say to people? How is how do you approach them in a way that isn't going to put them into further shock? What What do you do when an employee turns around to you and says, like in our case, for example, that my wife's got to self isolate for 12 weeks. Okay. Yes. And, and we've, We've never had to deal with that before, right? I mean, what, what, what do you do in those circumstances? What do you say to HR people in, in this situation? I mean, there's going to be a variety of these kind of problems, but what does HR need to do at this point in time, would you say? Well, you know, if you look where HRs come from, um, you know, a lot of the people that work in HR have come from a, you know, come from a psychology background. Sure. Um, and... You know, I think it's time to remember, you know, those things that we've that we studied in 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 psychology, things like like uh, psychological safety and so on, and, and and you know, to to apply, you know, the rigorous research and backgrounds, you know, and information that people have have developed in these in these uh, in these kind of areas. You know, uh, uh, yeah, that's one of the kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so, you know, again. I think we have to step up and apply and apply the rigorous research that HR has in these areas and not make stuff as we go, not, not make stuff as we're going along, you know? So, you know, a good example of that is, is, you know, what you do about, about tracking, you know? Um, and, you know, it's pretty easy to, to spin up a screen that, you know, employees can, you know, track, you know, track who's sick and who's not. But, you know, I think that's a really dumb idea. Um, uh, Why? Because, Why is that a dumb yeah. idea? Um, well, one, what does it help? First question. Second question is: is there's a bunch of laws and rules around health data, right? That exists for a reason, right? And you know, you know, pandemic or not, there's you know, there's human rights issues, there's privacy issues, there's a bunch of other things that that, that revolve around around around, around about uh, health data. You know, so. You know, don't just willy-nilly start tracking things for the sake of, you know, tracking them because you think there's a good idea. Again, you know, go back to the research, go back to the, you know, go back to the to the solid foundations and, and build on that rather than, you know, making shit up. Yeah. Do you not think, though, that because we're in a, a health crisis, that perhaps the rules and regulations, well-intentioned and well-meaning, though they almost always are, might need a degree of suspension or modification in order that the global scientific network can better understand what it's dealing with? What, no, do, you, what I, do you think? I, I actually think the opposite. I think, you know, if you look, for instance, okay. at GDPR, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a recital in GDPR specifically for uh, uh, procedures for handling uh, epidemics. You know, there's actually, right. a, I said, within GDPR, there's a, there's, there are procedures and so on that are defined for, for dealing with, with, um, with uh, uh, epidemics. So, so I think the law is actually, is actually pretty good for these things. And that's, that's in part what it's there for. Um, and so, you know, I don't feel like these, a lot of these things should be, should be, be thrown out partly because when this goes away, um, this is getting a bit philosophical here. Um, you know, the controls don't go away. They stay right. So, for instance, if you suddenly start introducing, you know, uh, ID cards or, you know, for instance, in the UK, they don't have ID cards. If you suddenly use this as a percent, as a reason to introduce ID cards, 
then, um, uh, you know, do you think when the virus is gone, you know, um, you know, the government's going to delete all that data and say, okay, well, no more, you know, no more ID cards. Thanks very much. We just needed them for the virus. Of course, you know, those methods of control and surveillance will, will, will continue. So there, there is a need to, um, there is a need to balance, to, to, to balance these, balance these things out. And, and, you know, what I, what I hear is, you know, the people who, you know, mainly suggesting that, oh, we don't need any laws and rules for these things are the people that don't understand the laws and rules in the first place, you know, um, um, you know there are very good ways of 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 helping employees um, uh, deal with the with the uh, you know with the challenges of the virus without um, without us putting in place a whole bunch of unnecessary uh, uh, tracking processes from the employer. So, in other words, if government comes to you and says, "Look, we need you to track the following information in the following way," then of course we should do it. But what I'm arguing against is that employers themselves. Uh, um, imagining um, uh, tracking mechanisms and tracking regimes um, before the the health authorities have have uh, you know have suggested them and, and don't you know don't do these things on a whim you know work with your health officer uh, work with your data protection officer and design procedures put procedures in place that are that are going firstly going to work and then secondly um, um, uh, you know are, are compliant you know and it can be done. Thomas, we've talked about this in the context of GDPR, but what about in the context of America? Um, I mean, I mean, we could say all sorts of things about America, but but um, I think this one is 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 pretty sort of um, important as it relates to to that particular country. I mean, the way that I look at it is, is there's fifty fifty ish states, I suppose there are, yeah, and probably fifty ish sets of rules. If I'm if I'm, yeah, <laughs> more. yeah, 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 yeah. I think there are over a thousand distinct pieces of privacy legislation in the U.S. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Um, so, 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 what do they do? Well, um, I, I was chatting to to you know, uh, an American uh, friend of mine the other day who, who you know works in healthcare, and there are uh, pretty clear rules for 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 healthcare data in the U.S. You know, healthcare is healthcare data is one of the areas that's relatively well well protected in in the U.S. Excuse me. So, so um, you know, those rules, are, there's a regulation called HIPAA uh, mm. and a bunch of others relating to, to health and safety, OSHA and a whole bunch of other, other regulations on, 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 uh, on health and safety data. So, again, you know, I'd urge organizations that are, that are looking to track um, uh, uh, data about uh, employee infections and so on to, to do it based on, the, based on the, the guidance that's coming from, from uh from those from those authorities, but you know, if in doubt with healthcare information, you know, again, imagine it was your. What I would say is, imagine it was your data. You know, they're always the basic principle I suggest with data protection is imagine it was your data. How would you want that data to be used? And and normally yeah. you think like that, or how would you want the data of your children to be used, or how would you want the data of your parents to be used? If you personalize it, then yeah, nine times out of ten, you probably you'll probably end up. Uh, uh, at the point of what the law is saying, anyway, you know. But talk to experts. There are experts. There are people that can help you on 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 things like uh, you know, like HIPAA and 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 applied regulations and 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 uh, yeah, there are uh, good procedures in place through things like OSHA for tracking uh, uh, injury, sick days, and all those kind of stuff. You don't have to reinvent. You don't have to reinvent the wall, the the wheel. Um, uh, 
these procedures and processes are in place already, just just use them. Is there anything in your view that HR could be doing now, use, could be usefully doing, that maybe it's it's not doing at the moment, or would you would you think otherwise? Uh, I think the 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 primary thing that HR HR a couple of things that I'd say that HR organisations do one, you know, make sure that they're on top of the administrative processes. Um, um, you know, pay people correctly, pay them on time. Um, you know, if their bonuses due, make that were due from last year or whatever, make sure that they're paid on time. You know, uh, 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 make sure that the administrative processes function function really stream in a really effective way. Because you know, people people will be stressed if people will be overly stressed if 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 administrative processes you know fail sure. at this at this this point in point of time uh, also make sure that you're on top of any changes in comp- you know changes in rules and and uh and structures in terms of of uh of um uh, pay contracts and and um, uh, uh right to work and and other other things that come in place in the, on the back of this you know so if governments are are providing funding or if 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 uh, uh, people are in in essential work and so on be really on top of the the, the um complexities and challenges of, of that and that will change by day and it will change by country uh, by country so one of the things I'd also urge HR leaders to do is there is no global response right right the responses are by country that's that's what we're dealing with so what may be well be a very appropriate communication form in the US may not be the appropriate con- communication uh, uh, protocols in Germany or in France or in Hungary or in Taiwan or in wherever. So make sure that, that when you're communicating, you know, a position that you're actually doing it in a way that is, is, is conformant with the you know, regulations and cultures and rules and so on in the countries in which you do business. You know, now is not the time to impose a head office practice on 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 uh, on at a, at a at a country level because each country is having to deal with this differently in different timings and different rules and so on. So adapt your processes to the countries, and then so that's the administrative side. But um, um, you know, make sure that uh, that your communications practices are effective. You know, make sure that they're reaching the reaching the employees. Make sure that the employees have a mechanism to reach uh, uh, to reach you. Uh, to get the help that they need, to get the uh, to get the information they need to 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 re to reassure them, you know. And then also, I think there's a there's a, a, a strategic workforce planning opportunity here as well. So so um, um, the the classic position that I you know remind people is you know measure twice, cut once, right? And the um, the gut reaction in these times is, you know, cost saving, restructure, you know, cost, cost save, cost save, cost save, cut, 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 cut. But, you know, as HR, you have to, you have to start thinking about the strategic long-term implications for the workforce, you know, and, and, um, you know, be able to model out, you know, use your modeling tools that you've invested in recently and make sure that you don't um, uh, simply, you know, go with the, with the good old fashioned spreadsheet cut model, but actually that you, you, apply some scenario planning and you apply some strategy to your workforce planning scenarios so that as we come out of this, that you're actually getting your organization in a position that it can, that it can, that it can, can, can uh, succeed. And the, the short term uh, drive to cut 
may actually not be the may, may not actually be the best thing. But you have the tools, you have the mechanisms now to do to do that planning. So step up and 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 do and do the strategic um, uh, uh, workforce planning to help to help the rest of the board, you know, plan for the future. Okay, so I see a variety of scenarios here. So, for example, in some industries, um, food, logistics, healthcare, it's quite clear that those industries are going to thrive under these circumstances because we all need them, right? Yeah. Whereas there are a whole bunch of industries, you know, transportation, um, hospitality are obviously the two big come to mind things. Yeah, which are, are getting totally crushed at this uh, totally, at this point in yeah. time. So there are the and there's everything in between. Yeah, um, you know my my brother prosaically is saying to me, "Can I go into my workshop to continue building ukuleles?" And and there's a discussion with his landlord about who else is going to be in the building. You know these sort of minutiae things that you take for granted on a day to day basis suddenly become yeah. suddenly become incredibly important. Um, but I wonder the extent to which we can plan. I, you know, we, in my in my view, we've we've been through a, a period of chaos. Yeah, some of us have got through it and are moving on and trying to figure out what's next. Some of us are still in that that fairly chaotic yeah. thing. Some governments have done perhaps better, quote unquote, than others in in helping their their people, and some are left kind of partially stranded. I mean, I, I, I was talking to somebody last evening about, uh, about the situation in California where it's unclear as to what they can and cannot do and so on. So, I mean, yeah. it's bloody awful from that perspective. But let's assume for one moment that we, that we move through, you know, we get past the shock. We're all locked up, so what? Um, everybody's in that same kind of boat. Is it realistic to plan for the future or do we have to say, look, we're gonna, we have to reframe because... Realist, from my perspective, I'm looking at this and thinking timeline is at least six to nine months before there's any return to what passes as normal. Yeah, that's a very long time, as far as I'm concerned, at least in this current environment. But I think it represents an opportunity to reframe what it is that we do. So, is 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 this something that you would recommend, or is this something that you think no, that's fanciful? Oh, I, I think, you know, scenario planning is about, is precisely about this sort of, you know, this sort of, this sort of situation. So, you know, being able to have multiple, you know, scenarios and then, you know, plan to those scenarios makes a whole lot of sense, you know. Um, um, what we don't know is, you know, what scenario is going to come. So that's the yeah. whole point of doing scenario planning is that, you know, we, we have these, you know, we have these extremes, um, you know, and, um, you know, so the time to plan is when, when there is uncertainty, you know, because you need to have, you know, you need to have a, a uh, uh, you know, options defined, you know, um, so that, so that when there is a, a, a you know, chance to move quickly, you've, you've, you know, you've thought through the different options and you, you're then able to, you're able to take a route forward. So I'd say now is precisely the time to start to, to, to be, to be doing that. Now we have to be completely tactical and all the rest of it, but I think there is a, you know, organizations that, that, that use this as an opportunity to rethink and replan and ask themselves questions about, you know, what business are you in? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things you probably find is there's a lot of stuff that you thought you needed that you suddenly realize you don't, you know, and, and, uh, you know, maybe services, it may be, it, 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 um, or there may be other things that you realize that are much more important that you, you'd neglect it. And you feel that in your personal life, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. but I think businesses will, you know, business will do the same. So I think many service chains and supply chains are going to be, you know, uh, even in the in the in the best possible future scenarios, you know, I don't think anything's going to remain the same. A lot of things are going to, you know, a lot of things are going to are going to change quite uh, uh, quite dramatically. And look, and and as we all sit here in in our you know comfortable houses, um, you know, uh, slightly irritated that we can't go out watching Netflix, I'd say let's let's spare a thought for the people that that are well more than a thought, but let's think about the people who perhaps don't have a home or whose home doesn't have electricity or doesn't have running, running water. And, um, you know, I think we need to think about this as a global, as a global crisis, not just as a, you know, as a first world, as a first world thing. Uh, and I think we need to think seriously going forward, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to help, help people who, who are, you know, living in, in slums and shacks and so on in this world, because you know, we have it, we all have it, we all think it's tough and we all worry, worried about, you know, cash flows and all the rest of it. But, you know, we have roofs over our houses, you know, we have roofs over our head and we have, we have food in our belly. So, you know, maybe it's not that bad. That's a really interesting point there, there Thomas. Cause I mean, I mean, you're, you're English, but you lived in South Africa or you were brought up in South Africa, something yeah, like I grew, that. I grew up in, 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 um, I grew up in South Africa. So I, I, and I live in Germany. So I support the Germans for football, uh, the South Africans for rugby and cricket, and and the English for snooker. Uh, well, we we'll, we won't we won't go in that direction. <laughs> but yeah. I, I visited South Africa a couple of times, and uh, Cape Town, as as, mm. as you know. Yeah. And and these were in completely different times. Sure. And even even then, I found it heartbreaking to know that my bar bill for one evening would likely be the equivalent of a month's wages for the persons actually serving me that, that mm. those, those drinks and stuff. And, and the conditions under which those people have, to, uh, have had to live for a, a long, long time. So that's, that's one thing that mm. I'm thinking about. Another thing is Vijay, a mutual friend of ours, Vijay Vijay Sankar is talking about, you know, even locally, his, his mother lives in a relatively well-off area of, yeah. of, um, of India and, you know, the milk guy can't deliver, so he has no income. The bread guy can't deliver. And uh, the, these are the people that, yeah. that depend on what to us seems to be, you know, it's happening, and they can't. And, yeah. and what, do, what do we do? We can't do anything, but I suggest that now is probably a very good time to be thinking about some sort of global social contract if that's even possible, but at least think about it and, and recognize um, that, that yeah. there are, there and, are genuine and, problems. You know, oops. oops. You just lost your ear. <laughs> As you can tell, I haven't quite got the set right yet, but the, 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 um, um, yeah, I think there are opportunities, you know, for us to ask big questions. Um, you know, yeah. I think when one looks, you know, um, um, when one, sorry, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when um, 
uh, we look at the, the uh, climate change, for instance, uh, and you oh, yeah. see photos of cities that were massively polluted before where people can see, suddenly see the sky and, and, you know, people who are, you know, having asthma problems can now breathe properly. So, you know, I think that it, 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 it does allow, you know, it does allow many, us to do many, you know, many forms of reset here. Um, again, I'm being speculative here, but I think, um, yeah, when we see what happens when we, when you know, on the climate change side of it, you know, I, I think we see the potential for human intervention to solve uh, climate change, and 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 this is just a small little window, almost a a, a, a positive externality, if you like, if you're looking for one in in, in these times, is the is the climate uh, impact of this of this of this economic, uh, you know, of the of the complete slowdown. Uh, yeah, but I, I you know I. I all of us in the in the West, I know it's or or in developed countries, is this is this is painful. This is you know it's challenging and all the rest of it. But I think for people in the in in developing countries, I don't really like a term, but um, uh, this is going to be this is going to be so much tougher. And you know, if you take the example of South Africa, I think um, again, I'm not an expert here, but uh, but the government has moved quickly and and coherently to to put in a lockdown and so on. I think probably. Probably more um, uh, more effectively than 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 you know uh, anyone could have could have a- expected. So there's some very some you know positive uh, movements uh, you know coming there. Um, and you know if we look at how it's been you know brought around the world, this is this is you know this is a, a, a this is a disease that has been spread by wealthy people. You know. Oh yes, <laughs> you know. So uh, and it's now, you know, it's now going to wreak havoc on 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 people that are not so well off. So I think we need a spare thought for those people. Sure, Thomas. Let's let's just switch a little bit because you have a little announcement that you made yesterday. You cheeky little monkey, as we say up north. <laughs> yeah, so, um, um, you know, I as. You know, it's probably the, the three, four people that know me on this call. I run an advisory firm uh, helping, um, um, you know, on, in HR tech. And I have, you know, three main constituents, people that use HR tech, uh, uh, people that build HR tech, and people that invest in HR tech. And, um, you know, I've always sort of had the view that for some things I'm an expert in and people come to me for advice on those things, but other things – you'll normally know somebody else in the world who's who's clever on that particular topic than I am. So what I want to do is I want to bring those people together. And so I've been talking about this a little while and and, uh, and one of the areas which I've seen that, that many uh, software companies, you know, have a problem with is in, is in marketing. Um, specifically that the gap between, on the one hand, I think a lot of companies can come up with a nice high-level brand and have, have good product. Um, but then there's peace in the middle in terms of how do you how do you effectively uh, communicate about that product and how do you actually execute on marketing um, and and execute on marketing well. This marketing when it's done well is a is a is a positive thing. Marketing when it's done badly is a is you know is a swear word. And um, uh, about ten maybe ten years at least ten years ago I met I met Rachel um, uh, when I was a gardener and she was working for a, a page up people which is a, a Australian. HR tech uh, vendor, and she was like a super smart, super on the board, super engaged. Um, and we stayed in touch over the years. And um, uh, you know, she she worked at Workday for a long time. She was there for about nine years. And then um, 
you know, she went traveling around the world and then she was looking for the next thing to do. And I said, well, you know, why don't we do some work together? And so that's really what we're doing. Um, so for HR tech companies that want marketing advice, you know, we now have somebody that actually really knows, really knows how to provide that advice. And, and we're planning a whole bunch of services aimed at, you know, aimed at, uh, 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 you know, making tech marketing better, uh, HR tech marketing better, um, you know, less fluff and, and, and more results. So I'm really excited about it. And, and um, you know, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, that's, and let's see where it goes. Yeah. But I'm super excited to be working with her. She's. Uh, I, I, I'm. I'm te- I, I, I will, yeah, I'll, I'll say to you straight up, Thomas, this is, I am so pleased that somebody has finally done that because, you know, the biggest challenge that we find in our business is, okay, t- t- several challenges. As far as I'm concerned, there are two types of marketing people, those who are, who are creative and those who execute. Now, some people will argue with me about this, but I've only ever seen those two types, yeah? Um, I have seen one person who, to my mind, was kind of like a hybrid, who was kind of imaginative and kind of capable of execution. But, but to my mind, that, that's, that's how the world of marketing is, okay? Mm-hmm. And tech marketing in particular is bloody awful, 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done on a formula. It's, you know, they think that certain things work. They're wedded to ludicrous advertising ideas. You know, why would you advertise in an airport right at the moment, for example? Yeah. And yeah, you know, oh, we have to do it. Why? Well, we, we have to do it. But why? And I can't get an answer. Of course, there's yeah. nobody in the airports now, right? So <laughs> there's your answer straight away. Yeah. Um, and, and, assuming that you have to push messages to people all the time. You know, we have to tell them. We have to t- Hang on a minute. How about what? listening to what they have to say yeah, and, and understanding what they need, yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing, the thing that we say to, to our partners at the moment is, you know, you may not realize this because you've been so used to pushing messages. You need to listen, and you need to listen really, really hard. Because if you don't, they will find true love elsewhere. Um, I'll get off my soapbox for a moment, but I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> and, you know, the, 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 I think the, what we see also is that, you know, often the smaller companies, they'll, they'll hire a smart person who has a B2C background, you know, and, you know, that person will need coaching on what's the differences between B2C and B2B. And, you know, that's going to be awesome at, you know, going to be awesome at that, you know. The other thing I think where we, we see a huge opportunity, you know, this speaking to the vendors here is that, you know, um, typically the smaller vendors, you need to, co- you need to collaborate and, and, and work effectively with the bigger ones. And, and that's tough to do. And so, you know, one of the services we, I'm pitching services here, but one of the things we, we see as a great opportunity is, you know, I know the, the SAP ecosystem really, really well. And, and Rachel knows the work their ecosystem really well. So between us, we cover off, you know, two of the major, the major ecosystem so that, you know, for vendors looking to figure out how to work with SAP, then, you know, I'm pretty good at that. Um, uh, vendors are looking to work, you know, figure out how to work with Workday, then, you know, Rachel probably has no peer there as well. So that combination, I think, was even pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. What other things are you thinking about at this moment in time as it relates to what Rachel's going to be doing? 
Well, we're going to we're going to see. I mean, um, uh, 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 yeah, really, we're just kicking it off. But uh, we put the announcement out yesterday, and you know, we're already seeing you know people contacting us and so on. So basically, we'll listen to the customers and understand you know understand what they what they want, and we'll be guided by we'll be guided by that. You know, um, if if we if we advise vendors to listen to their customers, then you know, you know, our job first and foremost is to listen to ours. So. Um, but I'll also see it being useful in terms of, of the work we're doing with the investor community as well. Um, been doing a lot of work recently with, uh, uh, with, with companies that invest in HR tech. So, uh, uh, PE firms, VC firms, other firms doing acquisitions and so on. And, um, I think having a strong marketeer involved <laughs> provide another dimension to the, to the advice that we can give to, to those, to those firms as well. Yeah. So, so, we'll so what, what, I, I, I love what you've just said because I was on a, a webinar yesterday with a guy, uh, I don't know if you know him or not, uh, Michael Troller in, in Denmark, who um, has, uh, he, he's, he's the current public face of um, uh, Dreams and Details, that thing that Jim Schnabel yeah. talked about. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love I Jim's. Jim's perspective on this thing, and if you don't yeah. know what I'm talking about, He's then I'll, good guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, people, then I'll I'll certainly put a link on. But he says now is not the time to be planning. Now is the time because we can't we can't literally plan. And I mean, you just said that I can't plan, right? But what I can do is have an ambition, which is mm-hmm. to provide the kind of thing that you're talking about to to um, to organisations, and that evolves into plans and all the rest of it over, uh, over time. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't have known that you would have said that, which is amazing, really. <laughs> um, and those connections and those networks are going to become increasingly important, aren't they? We've always said that they're important, but now I think they're probably more important than yeah. at any other time. Would you agree? Yeah, I think and it goes back to my original philosophy, is, which is, you know, I want to bring the best expertise to my to my customers. And sometimes... Hopefully that expertise is me, but a lot of times it's not. And and you know, if I know somebody who knows more about something than I do, which is most of the time, then I need then I should bring that person to the party. And that's the way I've always tried to work. And and you know, working with Rachel, I think, is just gonna be the next the next step in that. But the, there are other plans coming as well. So uh, uh Do you so wanna say anything about those other plans or are they evil plans that you need to keep secret? No, it's not so much keep the secret but but you know, in a similar way that I'm working with Rachel, I, you know, some other couple of other people I'm talking to about doing the same, you know, the same sort of uh, services. So I have some, you know, really deep expertise on GDPR that I know that I'd like to bring to customers. Uh, whereas I know a fair bit about GDPR, I don't consider myself to be an expert. Um, um, I'd rather bring, you know, specific expertise, expertise there also, um, 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 there's a couple of other areas like that where I, I've identified people that I that I'd like to work with in a similar way to what I'm working with with Rachel. But yeah, one step at a time, and let's see how it goes. Yeah. And now, I guess is a very good uh, a very good time to be thinking about opportunities in this context, that isn't, isn't it? I mean, you know, how many people at the moment are saying, "Hey, I'm expanding my business." <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, um, it, it, it is. You know, obviously there are risks involved with that, but um, uh, you know, um, yeah, I think you know, just because there's a just because there's a crisis doesn't mean that you know good people disappear. So, um, and actually, I think it's an opportunity now for you know to 
you know, to be <coughs> you know, to be a little bit bold and to to uh, you know to to take a bit of a risk. Yeah. Okay. okay. What is the one thing that you would ask HR people to do at this moment in time that maybe they're not doing? Other than wash their hands. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> Yeah, hopefully everyone's hopefully everyone's doing the you know, everyone's doing the the the, the wash your hands bit. I think you know the main thing now is cut people a bit of slack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think many organizations are doing that. And um, yeah, you know, cut people, you know, cut people you know, where you can, you know, uh, believe in the best of people, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, your people will, will, most people really want to work. Most people, most people, you know, really want to succeed. And, and so, uh, you know, I think if we, you know, believe in the good side of human nature, um, then <coughs> err on the side of the good side of human nature rather than rather than on, on being draconian. And, you know, I think we'll all come out of this better. Thomas, for the purposes of this conversation, that is a fantastic place to stop because I love positive messages at this moment in time. I know I have a reputation for being a curmudgeon, but, hey, we've got to be positive now, right? Mm-hmm. And you're looking very, 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 very uh, uh, well manicured for a... For a <laughs> uh, it's kind of like this is curved between between uh, you to do the do the maths here on 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 uh, uh, Dennis's uh, 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 well, you're looking manicured, but you're looking manicured. <laughs> as as opposed to being a scruffy bugger is what you really want to say in it, Thomas. What would I, who would I be to say that, Dennis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed. But it's lovely to see you. Yeah, and you, well. sir. And you, sir.